So just give it up for her and for what God's going to do through her tonight. Amen. God is good. Beautiful. Man, did you guys feel the Holy Spirit today? I mean, God won't let you hide in this place. So just to let you know, if you're thinking about hiding, Holy Ghost going to get you, okay? This message is going to be awesome. Dude, this, this message has actually been on my heart for a while, ever since um, Grizzy told me I was going to preach um, about a month ago. This has been on my heart. Okay, so first off, before I start, I want to go to the Word, okay? This is where our scripture is going to come from. Let's all go to 1 John 2, verse 15. Okay, tell me if you're there. 1 John 2, 15. And we'll read it together. All right, it says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. Amen? How many of you guys know that there is a battle for people's souls? There was a battle for your soul. If you guys have come to the Lord, raise your hands. How many of you guys can testify there was a battle for your soul? Right? I mean... A lot of us, we've grown, like, I've grown up in church, and it's always been, you know, go to service, blah, blah, blah. But even in church, there's a battle for your soul. There's something, think, like, in your head, oh, i got to do this, i got to do that, oh, this preacher's boring, oh, this doesn't apply to me, blah, 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 blah. And how many of you know, man, that's, you know, the devil calling to you. That devil wants to distract you. How many of you guys know when you got to high school, even in grade school, people are like, oh, girls are like, oh, dress up like this, act like this. This is how to get guys' attention. Fellas, I want to be a man. Go ahead and, like, Ricky was telling me, even in grade school, people were trying to recruit him to be in gangs, trying to get him to smoke weed, blah, blah, blah. I mean, there is a battle for your soul. The world wants to get you. And I want to clarify something really quick. You know, a lot of people are like, man, when they read this verse, do not love the world. They're like, wait a second. John 3.16, everybody knows that God so loved the world, right? So what does this mean? Don't love the world. That doesn't make sense to me. So let me break it down to you. And how I thought about it is this analogy, a candy store. Okay, so you're walking down the street with Father God and you come by this candy store and you see all the little pudgy little kids in there. Their plastic bags are going to the candy. They got your Twix, your Snickers. Those are good. You know, your licorice, your caramels. And they're just shoving the candy in their bags. They're stuffing their face. Some of you even opening the bags in front of you, looking at you, saying, hey, come on, come in here. You know, and Father God saying, you know, Grizzy, no, Eddie, you know, I told you, you know, you're not supposed to eat that candy. You know, I told you not to touch that. It's going to bring you death. You're going to get diabetes. You're going to be obese. You're going to get a heart attack. You're going to die someday. You know, that's, that's what God's telling you. And that's what the world does to us, right? The world has their candy. They have their girlfriends and boyfriends. That was like a big deal. Like, oh, you know, I'm with this person. You know, they have the relationship smoking. That always looked cool. You know, come on, smoke with us. Come on, hang out after work with us and let's get a drink. we got to wind down. The world's going to want you to eat that candy, right? And, you know, when sometimes, I don't know if all of you are here saved, but if you come to the knowledge of God and, you know, you ask Jesus to come and, and to, you know, cleanse your heart and you have this relationship with God now, Father God is saying, you know, don't be like the world. Don't love the world, you know. But God, the Father, in that, in that verse in John 3, 16, he's talking about their eternal souls. God loves those kids in there eating up that candy. The word says God demonstrated his own love for us while we were still sinners, while we were still shoving our faces with all that candy with the world offers. He died for us, even watching us do that. Jesus said, forgive them, even when they were nailing him to the cross. So God, the Father, loves your eternal soul. We should love the eternal souls of the people around us. 
you know. So we need to pray when we see those, those people around us living in the world, eating up that candy. We need to love them, yes. But we shouldn't be pressing up our nose against that glass and saying, oh, I remember that Snickers. Oh, that tasted so good. Man, I remember those caramels, man. Oh, it just melted in your mouth. And Father God's looking at us. Why do you want that? Remember last week, Grizzly's message? What benefit did it bring us living in the world? What did it possibly bring you? Things that you're shameful about now. What benefit was that? What benefit was it to wake up? You don't even know where you're at, you know? What benefit was that? What did you gain from that? You know, and this is what this verse is talking about. Don't love the world and the things in it. Don't be so caught up. Don't even be envious of the people that are doing what you used to do. You know, there's no benefit in that. And that's what this verse is talking about. Don't be jealous, you know, because it brings death. Amen. So we clear about don't love the world and things in it. So what is in the world? Okay. If we go to the next verse, for everything in the world, verse 16, everything in the world, one, the craving is a sinful man. The lust of his eyes, number two, and three, the boasting of what he has. That pretty much sums up everything this world has to offer you, right? Let's look to the first thing. What are the cravings of sinful man? What does that mean? It can also be called the sinful nature. You know, if you guys aren't you know, familiar with that, you don't need to teach a kid to hit their brother and sister. You don't need to teach them to steal that piece of candy from them. That's our sinful nature. We're born with the tendency to sin, to break God's laws. That's how we were made to be. Because of Adam and Eve's sin, they fall. The rest of us are born with a tendency to sin. So that's what it is, the sinful man, you know? And that's the, one of the things. So what is the sinful man? If we go to Galatians 5:16, it'll tell us exactly what the sinful nature is. This isn't a complete list of all the things that, you know, that we want to do, the sinful desires that we have. But this gives us a lot of it. Galatians 5:16. Are you guys there? What does it say? So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Let's stop right there. Live by the Spirit. A lot of us were like, well, how are we going to not want that candy? How are we going to not want to have sex anymore? How are we going to not want to smoke up and, and, you know, do all that stuff that we used to do? Live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. We need to live by the Spirit. And what does that mean? Living by the Spirit means living by the Spirit of God. You know, when we get saved and, you know, we ask Jesus to come to our hearts, the Holy Spirit is already in us, you know, setting us apart, telling us that consciousness that's saying, you know, you shouldn't do that. This is what's right. That's the Holy Spirit talking to us, you know. And if we live by that spirit, you know, reading God's word and God speaks to us through his word, if we live by what the Bible says, live by his spirit, we will not gratify those desires. Amen. Let's go on. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit. And the spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature, they are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under law. Verse 19, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, and selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who do... Um, that Lou live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. The simple nature is obvious. Some people are like, well, it doesn't say here not to go clubbing. Come on. Like, that's obvious. You no, know, we shouldn't. You know, we shouldn't. You know, if you have a question about that, you can ask one of us. Come on. They're obvious. You know in your heart what's right and what's wrong. You know, and if you have a question, honestly, like, man, I don't know if this is right or wrong. Come and ask us. Go to your word. You know, the Bible says these are obvious. 
And this is not a complete list of everything, but, you know, we know what, you know, what bad things are, you know, what not to do. Let's keep on reading. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Crucified. So what does that mean? We crucify our sinful nature. We put to death those things that we desire, you know. So we say no to our sinful nature. What does your flesh want? What does your body want to do? You know, it doesn't have to be, oh, I'm sleeping around. Like, people in the church, our bodies can tell us, man, I don't want to go to morning prayer. I'm tired. What does the flesh say? Even the disciples, you know, um, Jesus was telling them, can't you stay awake for me one hour? You know, your spirit's willing, but your body's weak. You know, stuff like that. Even our flesh can tell us, even for good things, you know. Sleep is a good thing. But when it comes before God, you know, we need to check ourselves. Amen? So the sinful nature. So they're obvious. And we need to live by the Spirit in order to say no to those things. Amen? So what's the second part of this? Of the world in First John? Cravings of the sinful nature. And number two, lust of the eyes. Okay? I know a lot of people go to the guys for this. Like, oh, you know, but it's for girls too. You know, ladies, sidebar, ladies, what are we doing? We need to make sure that we're protecting our brothers, you know, like how are we dressing? And this goes for me too. How am I dressing? How am I presenting myself? How am I acting? You know, am I going to maybe be a stumbling block to my brother? You know, pretty much that's what it is. We need to check our hearts. And fellas, you know, and just looking is bad too. You know, people are like, I'm not doing anything. I'm just looking. Hey, you know, Matthew talks about this, right? Jesus said, even if you look at somebody the wrong way, like, hello, you know, that's the same thing as committing adultery. We need to check our hearts. So, ladies, we need to um, protect our fellas, you know, our brothers in the Lord. And, fellas, we need to keep ourselves from the lust of our eyes. And it's not just in that way. What are we watching? Oh, my gosh. Since I work in the medical field, almost everybody I know watches Grey's Anatomy. And I had no idea what it was about, all the stuff, what the hoopla was about. So at about 3 in the morning, because I worked the midnight shift, we're all trying to keep ourselves awake. So my girlfriend turns on the Internet, and she starts watching Grey's Anatomy. And I'm like, well, what is this hoopla about? Dude, seriously? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Immorality. I was, like, taken aback that this is on every week. This is on national television. This is on primetime TV. Like, guys making out for real. Like, total immorality, the drunkenness craziness and like i couldn't even believe it i remember a couple years ago when the whole madonna britney spears thing was like oh my gosh everybody's like can't believe they did on a tv and tv shows desperate housewives all this garbage is on every week and people tune into it people are addicted i'm serious one of my girlfriends at work confessed to me i am like addicted i'm chained down by these shows i cannot miss it you know what are we watching what are we putting in our hearts you know what kind of music are we listening to just as the body, you know, whatever we put into our body, you see the effects on our body. If we eat cheeseburgers, like McDonald's, remember that guy? McDonald's every day, you saw the effects on his body outside and inside. The same thing happens and applies spiritually. Whatever you put into your body comes out, you know? And the same thing when you see it with children is a perfect example. If you swear around your child all the time, that five-year-old is going to go to school and swear at the other kid. You know, that's just how it works. So what are we putting, you know, what are we putting before our eyes? You know, what are we watching? What type of movies are we watching? Are they glorifying violence? Are they glorifying immorality and, you know, and anger 
and, you know, um, retribution, uh, revenge. Like, what type of things are we putting in our bodies and glorifying? Is it glorifying God? And that will bring us down. You know, my mom used to sing this song to me, old school, children's songs. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. You remember that, girl? Come on. Thank you. Sing it. For the Father up above is looking down with love. You know it. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. What else? Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. And oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. For real. And it's so funny because while I was doing this message, I'm like, man, that sticks with me. You know? We got to teach our kids this too. But the same goes for us. We need to be careful what we look at and what we put in our body. So less of the eyes, that's part of the world. We need to say no to this. Amen? And the third part, boasting of what he has and does. Man, the American dream. How many of you guys were after the American dream or after the American dream right now? Anybody? Yes, good. Nobody. The American dream, right? Everybody wants to come to America. Everybody wants to work that job, make that money, have that big house, you know, get your own piece of the pie, have a nice car. And my sister, she's one of the smartest people I know when she's after the American dream. She's making it, too. She's got an awesome job, a beautiful house, two nice cars, you know. But what is the American dream? It's all about us, right? It's all the temporal. What does the Bible say? This world will pass away, right? You know, what are we working for? The American dream, boasting of what we have, MTV Cribs. Come on, come into my house, see what I got, you know. Last week, what you saw, that's nothing compared to what I have, right? Do we see that all the time? You know what, and it's not just Hollywood. It's the guy on the street. It's the guy that's drunk saying, I got it all together. Like, everybody has that pride, you know. It's so true. You know, if it's not the drunk guy, it's the business person, it's the doctor that I run into, it's the person at work that I have it all together. It's pride. And what does the Bible say about pride? God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble in James. You know, and that's the number one thing the devil wants to do is to get yourself prideful. And it doesn't even apply to you. I don't need God. You know, it could apply to us too. You know, I'm proudful because I got the mic now. Everybody's listening to me. You know, or what position do I have in church? Or I'm proud because, you know, um, I, I have this type of house or, you know, I'm, I'm in this ministry. I'm doing all these ministries. Look at what I'm doing for God. You know, prideful. Let's check our hearts. And I have to check my heart, too. Are we proudful? You know, prideful, proud. You know, Jesus, forgive us if we're proud. Amen. Man, and then the last thing is. You know, the spirit of arrogance, we see it all the time, especially at Belmont and Clark. I know you guys, I don't need God. Either one, there is no God, or I don't need God, even if he's there, you know. And that's the spirit of arrogance, being self-sufficient, being independent of God, you know. And that's the spirit of the world, right? That's what everybody tells you. You can do it on your own. You make what your life is. You know, you do it yourself. You know, you can do it. Pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. You can do it yourself. You know, rely on yourself. And that's the spirit of arrogance. I don't need God. And Hebrews 11 says, and without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So that's another thing the devil likes to hone in. He doesn't exist. You know, God doesn't exist, so that's okay, right? That's the number one thing the devil wants to tell us is that he doesn't exist. And we need to stop that voice of the world telling us that. The people in your life, your friends, saying that God doesn't exist, we need to break through that because that's from the enemy. Amen? So those three things, the cravings of the sinful nature, what comes easy to us, gratifying our sinful nature, our flesh. Number two, the lust of our eyes, what we put before us, what we allow ourselves to watch, what we put into our bodies, you know? 
And three, boasting of what we have, what we do, what we can do. That's all of the world. And what does First John say? It's not from God. So then who is it from? Amen. So people are saying, I'm living for the world. I'm living the life. If you're not living for God, you're living for the devil. There's just one or the other. Just like Grizzly said, your master is either God or your master is the devil. There's like no in between, you know? And so it's coming from the world. I just want to highlight some verses for you. You can write this down. You know, look this up later. John 12:31 calls the devil the prince of this world. When you see your friends living for these three things, allowing themselves to watch this, or even yourself, you might be allowing yourself to slip and watch that show. You're allowing the devil to have reign over you in that area. The devil is called the prince of this world. Ephesians 2, 1 through 5, the devil is the ruler of the kingdom of the air, this world. Yes, he's subordinate to, to God the Father. We know that. In Job, we saw that he had to go up to the Father and say, hey, can I do this to Job, right? So we know that the devil is subordinate to God the Father, but yet God the Father allows him to have a certain amount of power here on earth, and we see it. All you got to do is watch TV, right? Watch the news. Almost, I don't even like watching the news anymore. There's violence, corruption, adultery, violence, revenge. I mean, it's all the devil out there, and that's what the world is, you know, He's the ruler of the kingdom of the air. 2 Corinthians 4, 4. The God of this age has blinded people so that they can't see the light of the gospel. Look that up. 2 Corinthians 4, 4. The God of this age has blinded people. When we talk to people and you make the gospel so clear, it's so easy, so simple, and yet they just don't get it. The God of this age. And especially in our age group, the college scene. It's the God of this age, right? Prove it to me. Show me, God. Let him come down. That spirit of arrogance, prove it to me. Stuff like that. The God of this age has blinded people so they can't see the light of the gospel. How true is that? Light and darkness. What does Jesus call himself? He called himself, he is the light of the world. Amen. This world is darkness. Without, apart from Jesus, you're living in darkness. Amen. So right now, sidebar, if this is you, you know, if you need to get right with Jesus, if you're still living in darkness and you're saying, man, these three areas, I got something going on in all those areas. I'm allowing my flesh to take over. I'm allowing myself to get junk in my life. And I am proudful. I don't even think I need God sometimes. You need to get on your face before the Lord. You could be going to church all your life, and yet still we can have this stuff in our hearts. We need to get right before the Lord. So, man, if that's you, you need to get right. Amen? And number two, if you call yourself a Christian, if you say that you're born again, you ask Jesus to come and forgive you, he's living in you, if you call yourself a disciple of Christ, we need to live as children of the light not children of darkness. Amen? We need to live like we're saved. Live like we're walking in the light. Not live like we're in the world like everybody else. Gratifying or something. All those three things, we can't be doing those things if we call ourselves born again. Amen? So how do we live as children of the light? Let's go to Ephesians 5, 8. A lot of scriptures today for you. You like that? Is that good? <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Where's my tab here? Okay. Ephesians 5, 8. You guys there? For once, for you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. So each and every one of us, we were once living in the world, amen? We were once doing those three things in those three categories. We were doing it. Without any shame, right? We were doing, living how we wanted to live. But the word says, you were once there, yes? 
But now that you've been set free, you need to live as children of light. There needs to be a difference in your life. So instead of having fruit of anger, of jealousy, of rage, instead of having that fruit, here are the fruits that we need to have, which says that we're children of the light. We need to have fruit consisting of goodness, righteousness, and truth. Isn't that totally contrary to all the things that we've talked about? Amen. Goodness, you know, forgiving each other, you know, turning the other cheek, going the extra mile, not repaying evil for evil, righteousness. Living above reproach, you know, walking in holiness, saying no to these things, you know, saying, no, no, I'm not going to watch that show. No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, go out and drink with you. I'm not going to swear like how you do, you know, please don't swear around me. Living in righteousness, for righteousness. And thirdly, living in truth. How do you, how many of you guys know that the devil is, um, is the father of lies? Amen. So when we speak lies, we're speaking just like him. So living in truth, we need to speak the truth, live the truth. If you say you're a Christian, you need to be truthful and you need to live like it, you know. And if you're not, you have to say, yes, this message is for me. I'm not going to be prideful, category number three. And I'm going to say I'm going to get right with God. I'm going to live right now. Let's continue. Verse 10, and find out what pleases the Lord. I love this part. 11, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness but rather expose them. One more time. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Let me tell you a story really quick. I have a friend. Well, Josh and Marty were at our house a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about people that we've known, friends, people that are still serving the Lord. What are they doing? You know, and people that aren't, you know, what happened? And we started talking about one of our old school friends, um, and she, you know, was a leader. She was doing all this stuff for God. And all of a sudden, she stopped showing up to church, you know. And then Josh ended up asking her, you know, so what are you up to? What you doing? And she said that, you know, I'm starting to, um, you know, I want to open up this avenue of evangelism. I'm going to start going out to the clubs with my friends because how am I going to have a testimony and reach out to the people that go clubbing if I haven't gone? Right? Well, how am I supposed to reach out to the girl that's drunk all the time if I don't know how it feels to be drunk? How am I going to know how to witness to a girl that's, you know, being hit on if I'm not in that situation myself? How am I going to do it? Come on. And when I heard that, dude, I was so grieved in my spirit. I was like, number one, I was angry. I'm like, what? <laughs> the devil. Can you imagine that? How the devil can switch it. He's so manipulative. Remember in the, in the garden, he was very deceptive, correct? You know, he's very manipulative, and he'll, he'll want to train, you know, the heart to, to do something wrong. So anyway, first of all, I was very upset. And then secondly, I was grieved. Like, oh, my goodness, you know. And it's beautiful because every excuse that we can think of, there's always an answer in Scripture. Amen. So, man, if she, you know, if she wanted to say that, obviously we know that's the devil. But, dude, I think that's an excuse. I think that's an excuse to be like, hey, let me go ahead and live in the world. I guess she was, her nose was pressed up against that glass watching everybody doing all that stuff. And her heart was like, ooh, I want to do that. And what does the word say? It clearly says, have nothing to do with it. You know, maybe your excuse is just like her, but I want to witness. I was the same way. I, you know, I grew up in church. You know, nobody ever asked me to go to parties, you know. I kind of feel bad about that now. I, know, I guess I wasn't cool enough. <laughs> but nobody ever asked me to go do that. I didn't know about the parties at night. Like, I don't know, and I, I'm glad to God for that, but nobody ever asked me that. I never had the opportunity. Nobody ever, you know, offered me a joint, you know. Nobody ever asked me that, you know. But praise God, and, you know, for a long time, I really actually believed the devil that I didn't have a testimony. 
But how many of you guys know that each and every one of us, we were hellbound. We were on the highway to hell. Whether you were, you know, smelling clean and shaved and, and showered and, you know, you never, you know, spoke a swear word in your life. Or whether, you know, you were doing, acting all crazy. All of us, you know, we're, pre- we're destined to go to hell without Jesus. So every, each and every one of us, we have a testimony. Whether you were like me, not cool, never did anything really bad in this world, but I was predestined for hell without Jesus. So don't let the devil lie to you that, oh, you don't have a testimony. That's such garbage. Oh, that's such garbage. Can't stand that. I hate him. I hate the devil. (laughs) Can't stand him. But, man, have nothing to do with it. Don't even entertain it. Don't even, like, oh, you want to go there? No, it's okay. I don't do that. You know, or, you know, don't be like, no, I don't do that. And it's wrong. You know, don't be doing that. What's the next verse say? Have nothing to do with the deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. So that happens, number one, in the world, our friends. If I, you know, I, and I didn't do this, and I asked God to forgive me, you know, watching that show, I could have been like, what I did was, oh, dude, that's, I, that's great. I'm not going to watch this. And I just left. Okay? Okay, yeah, we can do that. Have nothing to do with it. Yeah. But if I really followed what this verse said and exposed this, I should have said, you know, I'm not going to watch this. And you know what? You shouldn't watch this either. You know? What are you putting in your heart? You know? And this, and this girl claimed to be Christian, apparently, I guess. And I, I should have done, you know, you shouldn't be watching this. What are you allowing in your heart, you know? Don't let the devil use this as an avenue to, to you know, soften, to um, harden your heart against the Holy Spirit. This is wrong. And we should, every one of us, have that charge. Number one, have nothing to do with it. And number two, you need to expose it. And the same thing goes for the people in the world that don't have a relationship with God. And the same thing goes for here in our church, you know? We need to expose it, you know? Gossip. After church, man, worship was too long. Oh, what was she thinking? Laying on my face, asking me to get on, my, on the floor. I'm wearing a white sweater today. You know, gossiping. Dude, when you hear that garbage, I didn't say that. I don't know. But if you hear that garbage, be like, number one, you should not be gossiping. And number two, what are you doing? You call yourself a child of God. You shouldn't be gossiping. We need to have nothing to do with it and expose it. How many of you guys are down with that? We need to do that. Amen? Where am I? <laughs> Ooh, sidebar. Sidebar. Let me tell you this. Persecution will stop you from exposing them. Hmm? It's easy to walk away, right? It's easy to say, no, it's okay, I don't do that. I'm just going to go. No, it's okay, I'm not going to go out to drink with you. I'm tired, I'm going to go home after work. It's easy to do that, right? Okay, fine, she's not going to do it. But to expose it is another story. Persecution is guaranteed to come your way if you choose to go this extra step. If you choose to be wholly obedient to this verse right here, persecution and problems and, and suffering will, number one, be promised to you. And where can we find that example? Let's go to John 15, verse 18. This is going to break it down really well for you guys. John 15, verse 18. And what does the section title say? The world hates the disciples. The world will hate you. The people that you expose those type of movies to, you know, the people that you tell, you know, don't, don't be doing that. Don't be, you know, living like the world. Don't be gossiping. Even the church, don't do that. They will hate you. Let's read this. Verse 18. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to this world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you don't belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. 
Remember the words I spoke to you. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. Now, however, they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among them what no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen these miracles, and yet they have hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill what is written in the law. They hated me without reason. Verse 26. When the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth. Come on, we've got to speak truth. Who goes out from the father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify. Amen. For you have been with me from the beginning. You also must testify. That's good. Chapter 16. All this I have told you so that you will not go astray. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, a time is coming when anyone who kills you will think he is offering a service to God. Jesus. That time is coming. That time is here. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I have told you this so that when it happens, then when that time comes, you will remember that I warned you. The world will hate you. Persecution is promised to you. And not just persecution from the world, persecution from your family. Come on. You should be going to church with me. Oh, that's not the devil. Oh, you, you know, that's a cult. Oh, that's da-da-da-da-da. But you think you're better than me. Come on. You know, the world will hate you. The people that live in darkness will hate the light. How many of you guys know, and this happened to me this morning, I woke up at like 6 o'clock in the morning. I had to go to the bathroom. So I'm stumbling. It's like pitch dark, and I'm stumbling out. And after a while, being in the dark, and I don't want to turn the light on, being in the dark, you can start seeing pretty well in the dark, right? You can see real, real well. But then I turn on the light, I'm like, ugh, my eyes. And it irritates. When you're in the dark for so long, and the light, boom, comes coming on, it irritates you. Do you ever feel like people are irritated by what you say? You know, and even in church, you know, you really should be praying. You know, you should really be up here worshiping God like how you know you should be. Oh, you always, you're always, you know, rebuking me. We got to speak the truth, the spirit of truth, amen. Hi, welcome. How are you? Grab a seat. All right. Let's clap for them. Let's clap for them. Thanks for coming. <laughs> anyway. I'm telling you, people will be irritated by you. People that live in darkness, people in the world will be irritated by your light. So don't be surprised, okay? And especially, that's why it's easy for us to be like, oh, I'm just going to live like the world. Oh, I'm just going to, you know, not say anything. I'm not going to expose the deeds of darkness, even when I'm supposed to, because it irritates. But don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged, because when we obey God's word, we know that God's word isn't hard to keep. If he tells us to do something, he's going to back it up with power. Amen? If he tells us to do something, he's not going to make it impossible for us to do. He's not going to ask you to do ten cartwheels if you can't do ten cartwheels. He will give you the power to do it. Amen? And I will show you right here. Number one, you will be blessed for being persecuted. I mean, uh, the Beatitudes in Matthew, he promises, blessed are the ones that are persecuted. It's a promise. You will be blessed. Great is your reward. So when you're going through the persecution, be like, be happy. And even says, be um, joyful because your reward will be great. Dude, so when you are being persecuted, you, people are being irritated by your stinging bright light, which is good. You need to tell yourself, yes, I'm doing something right. Yes, I will be rewarded for what I'm doing. God is good, amen, and he gives you the strength. Second Peter, and I want to read this. I want you guys to go to Second Peter because this is so good. 
so many good things in the word. Second Peter chapter one, verse three. And I'll wait for the karaoke screen. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. One more time. His divine power. You know, power. He uses the word power because it's powerful. He's not just going to be holding it. He's going to be carrying you. He's going to be giving you power. So beyond your strength, he's going to give you the power to live right. He is, his divine power has given us everything we need. Every single thing you need. The encouragement, the strength, you know, to live right for God. Everything we need for life and godliness. Please keep on going. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. He gives us everything we need to live right, you guys. His power allows us to shine in the darkness even when it's hard, even when we feel like we're the only one shining. He gives us his power to do it. Everything we need for life and godliness, he gives it to us. So there is no excuse. I can't do it. I don't know enough of the Bible to rebuke somebody. I don't know, blah, blah, blah. His divine power will give you everything you need. Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So let's go back to First John. I know we're skipping around everywhere, but this is good stuff. It's like a page over. First John. So this message was for three people, and this applies to every single person in here. One, you're living in the world. You're living in darkness. You need to come to the light. All of us here that call Jesus our Savior, we were once there. We know where you're at. You need to come to Jesus. It's so much better on this side. Promise you. So much better on this side. Not only do we have life to the full through Jesus Christ, but we also have life eternally through him. Amen? In heaven. So that's person number one. Person number two was the Christian encouraging you to live a, live like a light. We need to shine for him. And not only to, you know, not be part of it, you know, but to also expose it and be that light you know, in the darkness to the people around us. Amen? So thirdly, this is the people that want to be friends with the world. The people that want to be friends with the kids in the candy store. You know, that want to go into the store, you know, and hang out with them. You know, yeah, they're doing their thing. Maybe I'll do it this time. Maybe I'll have a drink with them. Or maybe I won't, you know. But still, we want to be friends with the world. James 4.4 says, friendship with the world is hatred towards God. You can't be friends with the world and be like, I love Jesus. No, the Bible says it very clear. Friendship with the world is hatred towards God. If you hang around the people that are doing those three categories, you know, doing their stuff in nature, doing the whole thing in their immorality, blah, 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 boasting about what they have, being around prideful people, allowing that to affect you, you know, watching certain things, being around people, allowing to be around people that are like that, allowing them to influence you. Being friends with the world means you hate God. Can you believe that? And sometimes we can think it's so meshed together. It's like, oh, I'm just going to hang out with my friends after work. They're going to drink, but I'm just going to be over here. You know, I won't drink. I'll just have a Coke, you know. But friendship with the world is hatred toward I can't say it enough. You're hating God, okay? It's that serious. You can't do both, you know. You can't be on the fence. I mean, I, there's so many people that I know that are just on that fence, walking that line, you know. And what does God say? You're lukewarm, in Revelation, he gave them a spanking. He said, you can't be lukewarm. You know, you're either hot or cold. You're either going to be useful for something. Milk is good, cold. Milk is good, hot. Milk, 
Room temperature is disgusting. It makes you want to throw up. If it makes me want to throw up, it makes Jesus want to throw up. You can't be walking both sides here. You know? We need a spanking. We need spiritual spanking. We need to know that we can't be living the way that we want to. Sunday morning, yes, Jesus, I'm saved. And then Monday, Monday night after work, okay, let's go do something, whatever. Let's go drink, whatever. We can't be living like that. We cannot be friends with the world. You cannot be light and dark. If we go to 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, I'm going to read this to you really quick. Walking in the light is what it's called. Verse 5, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. So you're lying to yourself. Not only do you hate God when you're friends with the world, but you're lying. You're lying to people around you. You're being a hypocrite. And so, you know, Jesus is saying, you know, if you're not going to be useful, if you're not going to be hot or cold, you might as well just don't do it at all. Don't call yourself a Christian. Don't be a hypocrite and then give somebody a reason not to come to church. How many of you guys know you talk to people and they say, I don't go to church. I'm not going to come with you because I've seen hypocrites. The same people that are on stage or the same people worshiping hallelujah and Jesus are the same people with me Friday nights. That's the reason why they don't do I know so many people that have said that to us. Me and Ricky have said that to us. You know, if you claim to walk in light, what does the Bible say? You better be walking in light or else you're lying. You're lying not only to the people around you and giving disciples, people that are living really, you know, really living right a bad name and giving Christ a bad name, but you're lying to yourself, thinking that you're okay. You know, let's go on. Verse 5, but if we walk in the, verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. We need to walk in the light. I mean, it, it, like, it's impossible to, to be in a dark room and then the light not touch you. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just not, it's not possible. You know, we need to live. If we're saying that we're walking in the light, we need to walk by it. Amen. So let's check our hearts. You know, if you're, you know, if you're saying that you are a Christian, you're saying that you are a disciple, we need to not do these three things. We need to not live in the world. We need to not gratify our flesh, our sinful nature, do what our bodies want us to do, do what our flesh and, you know, what our own um, nature wants to do. We can't be watching the stuff that people watch. We can't, be, we can't be doing that. We need to be set apart. And we can't be boasting about what we do. Amen. And what does the last verse say in 1 John chapter 2, our main verse? Verse 17, the world and its desires pass away. But the man who does the will of God lives forever. My grandmother's 97 years old. She takes her vitamins. She's 97 years old. She's loved Jesus like all her life, you know. But how many of you know that her body is wasting away? Her desires that she had when she was 20-something, her desire to get married, whatever, blah, blah, blah. All those desires, all the temptations she's had. This, you know, maybe she's given in to some, maybe she has whatever. All that stuff is going to pass away. Her body's passing away. But because she has a relationship with God, that lasts forever. The stuff that we're going through now, the temptations, oh, I really want to hang out with them. Oh, I really want to do this. That stuff will pass away. Let's not live for the things that are temporal. This, this world is temporal, and we see it wasting away already. Global warming, this is, you know, getting bad. Stuff is passing away. This life will pass away. Its desires will pass away. But the one who does the will of God, you and me, the ones that are living for Christ, we will live forever. So we need to live like we're walking in the light. And because, you know, 
because this life is temple, we need to act like we're strangers and aliens in the world. First Peter says we need to live like aliens and strangers in the world because this is not our home. Amen? It goes back to the American dream. We can build our house and spend 80 years, which is really a breath of vapor in, compared to eternity, a vapor, our lives, 80, 70, maybe 97 years like my grandmother. It's a vapor compared to eternity. So we shouldn't live for, you know, what we have right here. We need to live like aliens and strangers, like we're just passing through. That old school hymn, we're passing through, you know. So don't be attached to this world. Don't give in to the desires. Don't give in to that, to the things the world wants you to do. And lastly, I'm going to end with this, another story. So I went to El Salvador uh, about several years ago on a missions trip. And I remember at night afterwards, we went up to this big hill. And we were in a village. We are like on a mountain. And we came up to this big hill, all grass. And there was about five of us, my girlfriends. And we all just laid out in the grass and we looked up at the sky. And a lot of times you can't get this out here in the city. But when you're out there... It's so clear. And I could seriously pinpoint every, every, every star in there. Because it was so bright compared to the darkness around it. Amen. I want to read you one verse in Philippians. I'll read it really quick. It's in chapter 2, verse 14, if you want to look it up. Do everything without complaining or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault, in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. This is a crooked and depraved generation, darkness, the universe, darkness. But we are called to shine as stars in this universe, to be able to be pinpointed in a crowd, be like, yes, that is a light, you know? So let's live like it. Let's live like children of the light. Let's live you know, not like the world, not like how, you know, the world wants us to, but let's shine as stars. Let's irritate people in darkness. And that through his power, we can bridge them over, cross them over from death to life, darkness to light. Amen? Amen. So I want you to, as we break out into small groups, I'm going to pray first, but let's talk about this. What category are you in? Are you number one? You need to get right with God. You're living in darkness. You need to come to the light. Walk towards that light at the end of the tunnel. You need to come to Jesus. Number two, you know, if you're, you know, living for the world and you say you're a Christian and you know that you're not living right, you're living both sides, you're being friends with the world and that's hatred towards God, you know that's you, you need to come over to the other side, you need to live right. And number three, encouragement for the Christian, you know, you're living right, you know, but instead of just turning the other cheek, you want to expose the deeds of darkness, you want to, you know, call people out, you want to be that irritating light, you want to be that light that people say, yes, that light is shining bright on me and and, you know, by God's grace, you're going to turn people over to the light. If that's you, one of the, that applies to everybody in this room, I want you to talk about it in your small group. You know, um, really open up as we break out. But I just want to pray really fast before we do that.